This is The Ordinary Christian Podcast, a podcast dedicated to real people like you seeking to live out your Christian faith in the ordinary aspects of everyday life. My name is Craig Thompson, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm a husband, father, pastor, and writer. I hope that this podcast will help you to use the margins of your everyday life to live more intentionally for Jesus. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Today on this episode, I have as a guest my friend Jason Fletcher. Jason uh, used to pastor a church, Hermitage Baptist Church, just down the road from me here in Camden, South Carolina. He and I got to know one another that way. He is married to Amy. They have two uh, sweet, not not so little girls anymore, two daughters that are growing rapidly like the rest of ours. Uh, Jason pastored for a number of years, but for the last four years, has been serving as manager, owner, supervisor, and number one delivery man for his family furniture business out of Greensboro, North Carolina. I've asked Jason to come on to the podcast today to specifically talk about marketplace ministry. Most of you who are listening to this podcast do not work in the pastorate. You're not church employees. And so your primary ministry, your primary missional ministry especially, takes place in the workplace. So I've asked Jason to come on and talk about marketplace ministry today and what it looks like to look forward to Monday morning rolling around every single week because your mission field has re-arrived. Jason Fletcher, welcome to the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Craig. Uh, I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. <laughs> like we're on the Dan Patrick Show. I don't think I'm going to get nominated for a daytime Emmy, though. Um, so... I'm sorry. Uh, so some of the folks that are listening to this are going to know you. Uh, you and I have uh, gotten to know one another through the years. Our, our churches, when you were here in Camden, did some ministry together. So some of the folks will know you, but a lot of the folks that are going to do this don't know anything about you. So can you just kind of give me a two-minute picture of who Jason is, um, you know, your, your, your time in the pastorate, how you got there, and then how you ended up where you are today? So I'm from North Carolina, from Greensboro, North Carolina, and I was raised in a Christian home accepted Christ at a young age, and uh, while I was in high school, uh, felt the sense of the call to ministry, and so that led me to, um, you know, biblical studies uh, for my undergraduate, and then the seminary at the the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, the the premier Southern Baptist Seminary. I'm going to interview Adam Greenway on Friday, and I think he would probably disagree with you on that. I mean, he can... Be sincere, but sincerely wrong. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll say that, uh, um, you know, after seminary, met my wife there, got married, jumped right into ministry, and did like every kind of role you could do, student ministry, music ministry, um, and then uh, was able to pastor two churches in um, South Carolina, which um, I love and appreciate uh, to this day, and God really... Um, I think Jesus, and we really enjoyed that. And um, during the the end of my time in uh, Camden, um, there uh, was uh, was approached by uh, one of my uh, high school friends that had started a church in our hometown, and he'd actually been inviting me back for about five years. Um, and every year he would call me. And say, uh, Jason, I'd, I'd like you to come back and uh, help me get get this going in our hometown. And and uh, every year I would say, you know what, it, um, I'm, I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm where he's supposed, he wants me to be right now. Thank you so much. Um, but uh, I'll support you, pray for you, whatever I can. And, um, you know, God, God did a work 
I had to do a work in my heart, um, you know, a little over four years ago to say uh, for the first time in my adult life, he, he placed a burden on me for my Jerusalem, my hometown, um, and just opened the door for me to be able to come back and um, was able to get involved in a, um, a young church uh, that couldn't afford a staff person. Um, and fortunately, in, in my hometown, um, had a, there was a, a thriving family business that needed some help. And uh, was able to step into that. So it gets uh, fully supported on the mission field of my hometown. Real tent um, maker which there. Is, which is a win-win. I think it's, it's a great thing. Um, so that's kind of an, in a nugget um, how God led us um, back to, to Greensboro, back to my hometown, and, and to this phase of ministry. And it's important, like, so we're just up front with everybody that's listening. So when we say that you stepped out of the pastorate or out of vocational ministry, you've not stepped out of ministry. Um, you're, you're still active in ministry. You're, you're, you're serving, uh, you're serving in lots of ways there at the, uh, at the, the new church, the young church that you're a part of. Um, and so we're going to hear some of that and how this transitional time in your ministry has affected um, your approach to the church. But I also just want to hear from you today how, after moving from vocational ministry, from being, you know, in a church office, you know, three, four, five days a week, and then uh, working, you know, preaching multiple times a week to getting up on Monday morning and going to the furniture store, how does your ministry look different? And how do you think that um, that, that marketplace ministry, what are the, 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 the real the positives that come about as a result of that, as opposed to being in a church office all the time? So, um when I first made the transition, I actually had a lot of my pastor friends and, and buddies, comrades in ministry, that after, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, they call me and say like, okay, Jason, like, tell me really, what's it like to, you know, cross over, so to speak? And cross uh, over. It's like you died. I know, right? And I said, well, I'm, uh, I'm working... 60 to 70 hours a week. Um, my kids, I don't usually see, I see maybe about five or 10 minutes in the morning before I run out. And um, a lot of times they're in bed by the time I get home. And um, compared to pastoring full time, I feel like I'm on a sabbatical. And um, they're like, "What are you? Are you kidding me?" Oh, so, and, so you're working more hours, but you feel mm-hmm. like you're on a sabbatical, okay? It, 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 especially in initially that that first year, because um, in in a lot of ways, when you're pastoring, you're carrying the load. If if you're a good pastor, you genuinely care for people. Um, if not, you're you're in the wrong um, field. It, it may not be your calling if you don't care about people. And uh, so a lot of times that can, uh, that burden can be weighty. It's a weighty burden and responsibility to, to shepherd people and to guide people spiritually. And um, so in a lot of ways, you know, as a pastor, it's sometimes it's hard to sleep at night because you're thinking about the sheep, 
you know, you're, you're, you're worried, you're concerned, you're concerned of the, of the one that's straying that you're, you're calling back to faith and, and they're resistant. And the, the ones that are biting at your feet are the ones that, you know, whatever they may, they may, they may be doing. And, um, so it, it, it definitely initially, it was a, a relief to, to know that, you know, um, I can, I'm working harder, but there's, there's less of a, that, that burden was not there. Um, that carrying that burden. And, and I really, one of my prayers is, you know, Jesus promised that his burden was easy <laughs> and his yoke was light. And that's, uh, that's definitely um, a prayer of mine every day. And, and, and for myself and, and for those that are pastoring. But that, that was really initially uh, the way I summed it up. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, you know, you, you kind of get through that first wave of breathing different air. Um, how, how, I would imagine, now, again, I still get up and come into the office here at the church every day. Um, so my life's different. I would imagine that you have different opportunities for ministry uh, in in your 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 current work life there in the store and all that than than you did as a pastor, definitely. So like pastoring, especially in the South, um, you know the the pastor uh, when the pastor walks into a room, uh, a lot of times like people's guards, their like force fields go up, uh, their language changes, um, you know it gets censored, uh, the solo cups go away things like that. Um, you, and it, it, it's really hard to get people to really, to be real and vulnerable with you. Um, in, in times other than maybe like times of crisis, like real crisis times in their life. Um, and so one of the first things I, you know, I experienced in the marketplace was, was realizing, um, that, that there are people truly genuinely um, lost and really losing quote the I'm the pastor of the church tag really opened up people to to be share more with me and be more honest with what they were struggling with and what they were going through than than I, I faced or heard many times as a pastor. Um, it's also allowed me to to go in many, many, for years, I preached these missional messages to, to my churches. And I said over time, it was one of my like catchphrases, like I will tell my people on Sunday, you can go places that I can't go as a pastor. I mean, as a pastor, about the only place I could go, they couldn't would be in the ER, the ICU, those kind of places I could get into as a pastor um, but I couldn't go with most of them on their jobs in the break room, on the shop floor or behind the closed doors. Um, and, you know, I, I just challenged them, take Jesus with you when you go to those places and be the salt and light and the voice of the spirit, you know. So, And I can just attest, and I'm glad you said it because I'm, I, I want other people to hear it and know it's true. I can just attest to the, the difference that comes when you're the pastor, a pastor, everything is different. So, you know, uh, I lift weights a lot. It's my fun thing. Of course, right now I'm in incredible pain because I, I did something bad deadlifting yesterday, but, um, but we'll then, go with that. Yeah, oh, it was rough. Um, but, but the gym has kind of always been one of my mission fields, you know, 
And for the longest time, the gym I was a part of here in, in Camden was, was just in Lugop. Man, I worked hard. Like I guarded my job, my title as pastor. It was my secret that I didn't tell anybody. Like literally nobody knew. And most people aren't expecting a pastor to bench over 300 pounds. So I, nobody, nobody suspected that, right? Because I, to, to, like one, one, one person looked at one day, you don't look like a pastor. I said, well, I'm not sure what that means. What does a pastor look like? You know, I've got a big gray beard. But, um, but when my secret, you know, that, that, that Luke in secret, right? When the secret was out, all of a sudden conversations that I had had, dried up i'll, I'll yeah. never forget them I'm, I'm working out one day and you, you can you can empathize with this right so I'm, I'm i'm lifting one day and uh there's a guy that we're all in conversation a lot of guys a lot of testosterone there's duties and and and, and i've heard this guy just using the most vile language uh saying things that that just were terrible talk about his girlfriend in ways that were 100 percent inappropriate uh but through the years i've been able to engage him in conversation and and all of a sudden, like I'm standing there, we're all lifting, and he just looks at me and he goes, "Man, I, I'm glad you showed up. I, 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 I've been praying about this job opportunity. I'd like for you to pray for me." And one of the other guys just looks at him and he just drops this tirade of profanity towards him, and he says, "You've never prayed a day in your life, but the minute you <laughs> this guy's a pastor, you think you need to say that." And so, you know, I just, I. I I just echo what you're saying. We just, there are opportunities. Everybody thinks that when you're the pastor, you've got these incredible missional opportunities, but the reality is, man, people, people kind of run from us when, when we show up, even if they don't run physically, they run emotionally and spiritually and everything else. Um, what, uh, what, what advantages outside of just not being the pastor? What, what, what advantages do you see maybe missionally or ministry, um, with just not being cooped up inside of a church office all the time? Uh, well, you know, you still have responsibilities. And so, you know, there's, it's not like uh, I skipped free out of the church office. I said, yes, I'm, I'm free, free as a bird. But, uh, you know, we have, res- I have responsibilities. A lot of times my schedule is locked up tied down. Um, I'm tied into a, a particular day or, or to a particular place, but, uh, you know, the, the advantages, some of the advantages of, um, being in the marketplace are really being able to have conversations with people and going into places that I, I could never go as a pastor yeah. and have those conversations. Um, and in the marketplace, you know, I, I have the ability because, it's a family business. I don't have as many restrictions on like a corporate policy um, of any kind of, you know, being politically correct. I, I can freely share my faith. I can freely have these conversations. I have to be, um, you know, mindful and not pressuring employees for, you know, and how we have those spiritual conversations, let the employee lead that or guide that. But I have no restrictions on sharing, hey, this is what I believe in this particular situation. How can I pray for you Um, and those kind of things? And and let the, you know, kind of let the other person, be it an employee, be it a coworker, be it a a vendor, um, someone in the business relationship, let them 
kind of give you permission to go there. Do you find opportunities to maybe be a sort of a, for lack of a better, a chaplain, maybe for unchurched folks, or even for people who might have something going on they wouldn't feel comfortable sharing with their pastor? Uh, I've found most people that I come into contact with don't have any connection to a church Wow! Uh, in the situation I'm in. And you're, um, you're and in Greensboro. I mean, it's not I'm like in you're in Seattle, right? Right. But it, I mean, it's very diverse here. And, you know, they're, they're, there are a lot of Christians here, but there are a lot of people that are Christian in name only or not even, you know, not even that. And so, you know, I recognize I'm, I'm as I'm the, I'm the most Christian influence they may have in their life right now. And um, so, yeah, in a lot of ways, a chaplain is a good, you know, um, good way one, of, one of my favorite criticisms that I ever had levied against one of my staff people was that, uh, you know, they only thought the church was important because they were paid by the church. It was a wonderful oh. thing that went real well for me that day, as you might imagine. Um, uh, how has your relationship with the church changed since you're no longer a, a paid church employee? Um, well, definitely. I mean, I have a different, I mean, I have a lot less responsibility right now because I'm not, that's not my primary support. You know, uh, when when that was I was full time, I mean, and, and it should be I mean, that should be the priority in in, in my life um, and what I'm doing. Um, and the church is a priority for me. But, um, you know, just the nature of, of what's going on and, and my responsibility at work, you know, I'm, I'm limited. I'm I can't be, quote, doing the church work. 40 or 50 hours a week like I did. So, I mean, that's the biggest change. It's, it's just changed. Yeah. Well, I, I should have probably worded that question a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess what I meant was, do you, are you and your family, um, do, you, do you find your involvement in the church, your engagement Sundays, whatever other opportunities y'all have, is it different than it was when you were a pastor? No, it's really not different um, in that regard. It, it's the, it's the, day-to-day during the week things that yeah. are different but our our engagement is just as high as it was uh when I was full-time pastoring um our participation and engagement is is just as just as there there was absolutely really no difference there I'm not uh receiving a check you know uh the church isn't paying my insurance and things like that um but yeah that's in in that regard we're Functioning just like we really always did, you yeah. Know, fully participating with with everything going on. Because 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 you you were never involved in the church primarily because yeah. you were a pastor. You you were a pastor right. because you love Jesus and His church. That, that's exactly right. I mean, it's just a matter of um, our our roles are a little different. You know, in pastoring, there's there's more leadership given um, and required, obviously. Um, than the the role I'm in now with the church, but and it's it's part of being part of the community. Is you're you know we're on this journey together, and we, we all have different parts and different gifts, and they fit in a little bit different, and they don't all look the same. And praise God, they don't. You know, praise God, we're all a little bit different. Seems like Paul said something like that, right? I think he did. A couple I think times. He did. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Um, well, I, I want to shift gears and not just talk about your opportunities in the marketplace, but so you've, 
I still can't believe you've been doing this for over four years now. I um, just kind of feel everybody in on the conversation you and I had yesterday. I said, so you've been doing, you, you've been going about two years? And he said, uh, how about four years this week? I said, oh, all right. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in, in that time period, you look back over your, your, your experience as a pastor. What would, you have, what would you say to your pastoral self four or five years ago, or even to me now that you have your, your, your different experience in the, in the secular world or in the workplace there, marketplace? I'm glad you asked, Craig. Um, I've been waiting four years to tell you some things that I think you should do better as a pastor. And uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, uh, there's a few things I jotted down and, and things that became apparent really quickly. Um, one is, man, I, um, I regret sometimes the, how much we loaded on to people, or I may have loaded on or relied on people in my church that they're already working 50 or 60 hours. Their kids are involved in all kinds of things. And then, and then a lot of times we have the principle in the church that, you know, we, we struggle with that 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work or, you know, we, we get we get a family in the church and they like actually won't show back up week to week and and actually volunteer to do things. And it, before long, we've loaded them down with all kinds of like committees or teaching assignments. You know, in our Southern Baptist tradition, you know, if you have a male with a pulse and he comes more than like twice a Sunday, uh, twice a month then it's like, he's a deacon candidate, man. We need to throw him next time. That, you know, that's we need not to our qualifications him. at Malvern Hill. Let me just time out right there. We, we, we've raised the bar a little bit, but go ahead. Um, but you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It, I do. I do. It, it, it happens. And then, you know, we, all of a sudden we, we burn through people and because we, uh, we overload them. I, I think through this um, part of the, part of one of the benefits of this COVID thing, I think in a lot of, for many traditional churches is to really slow down and examine what, how much activities are we doing and what, what is really essential? What do we need to be doing? Are we overloading people? So that was, that was one of the big ones. It also, it led me to appreciate the men in my churches, particularly the the men, the, the guys that came alongside that, that were doing gave 110%. Were the guys in my cell phone at any given point, I could call them in the middle of the night and say, hey, I need you to come with me to the hospital or to this situation, or I need you, I need you to pray with me right now over this. And there were guys that could do that. And I have an even greater appreciation for those guys based on, um, you know, based on walking into the marketplace and just knowing how, man, there's, there's a big burden. Um, a, a big burden there. Um, I'd also, one of the things I sort of jotted down um, that I, I wish I could, you know, go back and say is not just, you know, loading people down, but being in the marketplace really hit me with, there is, there is a ton of uh, negativity, criticism, persecution for Christians in the workplace. And um, it's difficult to live out your faith in the, in, in the, and be in the world and not of the world. I mean, it is really difficult. Um, a lot of times in being on the church side and, and also, 
you know, pastoring and people putting up the guard and the facade or whatever to say, you know, it was uh, many years of seeing a lot of filtered reality, what people wanted you to see um, and being in the marketplace, seeing like the constant barrage um, and experiencing that. Um, if I could go back, I'd say, man, I, I probably could have been more on the times that we gathered together as the people of God, Sunday mornings, or my preaching times, the times I was really in front of people, I probably could have been more of an encourager for the spiritual battle and encouraging people and not in like a sappy, positive thinking kind of way, but just knowing, hey, it's a weary thing day after day after day to be, you know, all the politics and all the negativity and criticism, all those things to hear that. And then, then, then gather together with God's people. It's like, man, that should be the day that we really encourage to go back into the battle and to face that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be, that would be like the second thing I would um, say to myself, Hey, be, be an encourager. Um, And then the last one I would say to you, Craig, specifically, communicate, communicate, communicate. There's a pastor I probably erred sometimes on not communicating enough. And, and as pastoring, we're communicators. Like that's what, that's one of the, I mean, primary responsibilities of the pastor is to communicate the word of God, the will of God to the people of God. I'm just saying. But looking back, I'm thinking, man, I, I probably did not communicate enough. And, um, communicating Sunday morning from the pulpit, that's not enough. That communication in today's world, it needs to be more constant. Um, just can, thinking can I about, dig in on that? When yeah. you say communicator, are, are you talking like, you know, the communication doing the podcast trying to encourage people this way? Or are you talking communicating like in the leadership aspect or just communicate the, 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 the schedule for the week, uh, all of the above? What do you mean? Really? I mean, really all of the above. Um, so you're saying that like now that you're not in the church office, every day, and I'm, I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic, but also I need to hear this. Maybe be reminded that when you're not in the church office every day, you don't always have the thing that's coming up on the church calendar in the forefront of your mind every moment of the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like our people are going into a spiritual battle through the week. You know, Sundays is that time. Traditionally, we gather. Right now, we're doing it in a myriad of ways. We're more disconnected now, right now, than ever, which means we've we've got to communicate more often, um, I think, to carry the message. And also, you know, thinking through the, the world's communication, it is constant. It never stops. So that communication that you're not good enough, the communication that, you know, um, you know, all the negativity, all the negative communication that comes from the world, from the enemy who is real, he's active, he's, he wants to devour you, to take you down. That never stops. And so I think, you know, if I could go honestly, like looking back, I think, man, I probably could have done a better job of carrying that communication of God's love, of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the mission, the primacy of the mission of God that, man, with all the tools we have now, 
to communicate that and to encourage our people, those inside the church, those outside who, who aren't, who don't know. We could do that more than just for a couple hours on Sunday. Um, I want to ask a, a couple other things because we've we've talked about the the incredible opportunities that you have in the marketplace. Um, you even and I, honestly, I didn't anticipate you opening up the conversation with, and I, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just anticipate you kind of opening our conversation with, uh, you, you know, that you kind of found new breath when you stepped out of the pastorate. You know that that that, that sabbatical. I just didn't anticipate that. Um, oh. I, I knew that about you. I you, you know I just it was four years ago instead of two. So I'd forgotten a lot of that. Um, but I am curious just for my own benefit. I, I've thought this morning in my quiet time, uh, when I was, uh, I woke up and my back was hurting really bad, even worse than it is now. He, he you guys that are listening, will only get the audio. He and I are looking at each other on video. And, uh, so he sees me wince occasionally, but I was, I was sitting there and, you know, complaining to myself and, um, but trying to be really holy about this whole pain thing. Uh, but, uh, but no, I was, I was like, if if I today stepped into uh, my family business, you know, if I did what you've done, I stepped out of my role here at Malvern Hill, um, rather than just thinking about the opportunities, I thought, what would I miss from the the vocational aspect of ministry? Of course, there's the caring for people aspect. That burden that you talk about is legit. Um, and there would be certainly a freedom to not having it. I'm sure there's also sometimes sort of a, a miss that because there is, there is something that's really awesome as a pastor when somebody, they make that phone call. And even though it's a heavy burden to carry, it's a real humbling thing when that, that saint that's been a Christian longer than you've been alive calls and, and says, pastor, can you pray for me? Like that's an encouraging thing for me and humbling. Um, but uh, man, I, I just feel like one of the things I would really miss is, that as a pastor, I have that opportunity really on an almost daily basis to spend a lot more time in, in study and in contemplation and in thinking than happens when you're being bombarded, you know, at a store every day with um, salespeople and uh, customers, all that other stuff. Um, I don't know if that's something. What, what are the things that you missed from the pastorate? Uh, yeah, so I miss... Um, definitely miss preaching regularly, you know, you know, in in traditional churches, it's like, man, you're preaching Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night or some, some form of. And Hey, when God called us to the ministry, he, what did we tell people? I'm sure you're the same way for the first, you know, six, eight months. God called me to be a preacher, right? You you later realized that that's more than a pastor, but preaching is what we we got into this for. I'm just saying that I miss, I probably miss that the most and preaching systematically. Yeah. Um, so I've got opportunities to, to preach, uh, right now. Um, I'm preaching this weekend. Um, you know, I, I fill in, uh, from time to time. You know, th- th- that's like a one shot deal. And those are really good. That's a dip, but that's a different type of preaching than when you're preaching every week, you're preaching a series, you're preaching a complete, mm-hmm. you know, book or message or, or series, so to speak. Um, so I probably miss that the most. I recently, you know, I miss that. I miss the call. Honestly, I miss the call in the middle of the night. Like I'm, I don't know if God just wired me that way of, uh, you know, when there's a crisis, I jump at that. Um, and I want to be there, um, and be in those moments. I miss those times. Um, 
as well. One of the just, I don't know, it's kind of weird when this uh, COVID thing all started coming down. I was sitting there going, man, I would love to be in a church right now and pastoring through like all these difficult, you're, you're shaking your head like, no. You would Because it, it's hard. Oh, this is, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there going, uh, it's like the guy who posted on Twitter is like, I am so thankful for my education at Southern Seminary and all my classes and my professors and how great it was. I just wish I had paid more attention in the classes on meteorology and uh, epidemics, you yeah. know, and uh, there, there is no class. There is no book. There is no one. There's no like old seasoned guy that you can even call mentor. You can call and say, Hey, so how did you guys handle, you know, the Spanish flu? You know, th- those guys aren't around to lean on and, and the world has changed. It's a, it's a different time, but it's like, the, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I felt kind of uh, like selfishly thinking, man, I, I really wish I could be pastoring in this. Cause that, that's just one of those like heartbeat kind of things. Not to say I haven't had a ton of work to do uh, just in, in my role in the church and in the, the business to navigate these waters as well. It's, it's, um, it's unprecedented times. Unprecedented. I saw, I saw, uh, what was it? You, I think it was you and I talking yesterday. I just want to live yeah. in unprecedented times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go back to precedented times. Yeah. I mean, we want to see college football. The Big Ten is really trying to mess Man. this up for everybody. Same. I mean, the Pac 12, they weren't going to win anything. So it's not a big deal. But yeah, I mean, no, really no loss there. Yeah, stuff. Listen, bud, I, I, you and I could uh, probably continue a conversation for a lot longer, but um, we're going to need to wrap this up. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I, uh, do, you, do you have any closing words you'd like to share before we shut it down? Um, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity and uh, thank you for pastoring and uh, putting in the hard work. And um, pastoring is, is an awesome uh, calling and responsibility. And um, you can't appreciate it enough unless you've walked uh, those, those roads. And so um, pastors are my heroes. You're my hero. Um, and uh, so, so just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Keep sharing the word, pointing people to Jesus, um, bearing the scars um, of ministry that happened. And um, just really appreciate you and what you're doing, what you're trying to do on this podcast, too. You're doing a great job. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, this has been Jason Fletcher. Uh, he, um, a former pastor here in Camden, South Carolina. Hopefully, you've taken something away from this podcast that can be beneficial to you. More than anything, what I hope is that for those of you who are not pastors who listen to this podcast, that you can be encouraged that there's real ministry to be done uh, that can really only be done by you. Uh, people like me don't have some of the opportunities that are out there for you. So hopefully you can take Jason's words and his encouragement and apply those to your life as you seek to live out this very ordinary Christian life and the everyday mundane things of your life. Have a great day, and I'll see you again next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. I hope that you will use the information in this podcast to encourage you to love Jesus in the ordinary aspects of your daily life. Jesus surrounded himself with very ordinary people who made a difference in the world because of their Savior. You can make a difference too. If you would like to read more of my writings or find other podcasts, you can find information about me on my website at www.craigthompson.org. For information about Malvern Hill Baptist Church and sermons from our church, you can go to our website at www.malvernhill.org. Until next time, use the ordinary margins of your life to make an extraordinary difference in the world around you.